ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 308 of Explode Your Expert Business Show brought to you by gtex.org.uk. I'm your host, Simone Vincenzi, and this is the podcast for experts who want to become the ultimate authority in their niche while making an impact in the world. Today is episode 308, the event industry post-COVID with Dan Taylor. Oh my God, I miss events. You have no idea how much I do. I'm done. I'm sick and tired of running things on Zoom. That's it. But rant over. <laughs> uh, grateful of Zoom because our business can keep going. Grateful all the technologies that we have to run online businesses. But man, a speaker is always a speaker and I miss a live audience. And uh, I connected with Dan Taylor because uh, I've been interviewed on his podcast, which is about events, which is about the event industry. Now, for those of you that don't know Dan, uh, he's the founder and CEO of uh, Apps Events, a Google for Education PD partner that runs over 300 events annually with schools across the globe. And in addition, he has founded and sold two SaaS companies and one recruitment agency. And so we connected on the show. Um, he asked me a bunch of questions about the, the, the personal development and business development side of the speaking industry. A really, really interesting, really interesting conversation. And uh, with all his experience in running uh, so many events every single year, more than 300 uh, for many years, I asked them uh, uh, to come on the show and talk about uh, the the post-COVID <laughs> situation of the event industry. Father, we talk about the present of the event industry, what the future might look like, what event organizers can do to survive at the moment. There are all these things that we are going to talk about um, in, in this episode, which I'm sure you will absolutely love. And uh, also, make sure you, can, you follow and connect with Dan his social media links and website and details are in the show notes. So make sure you connect with him. Uh, he's a great, great person and uh, uh, definitely very knowledgeable in the event industry, in the event space. So make sure you connect with him uh, so you can have uh, great conversations like, uh, like I had with him on the show and maybe do some partnerships, work together, become a client. Who knows? Who knows where, where this conversation, the first step will lead to. Now, um, before we get started, I want to remind you about our database of more than 500 publications, 200 podcasts that you can pitch to uh, our tracking system, the templates that you get to connect with podcast hosts and, uh, and publications so you can get featured, uh, you can build your profile. This is called the Ultimate Publicity Bundle. Um, we are taking it down actually in a bit, so make sure you get it right now. It's at $29.99 at the moment, and you can get all that I said. You can find it at gtex.events forward slash publicity iPhone bundle. So gtex.events forward slash publicity iPhone bundle. And that's uh, and also you can find the link in the show notes. Now it's time to get started again. If you haven't subscribed to the show, make sure you subscribe right now, straight away, so you don't miss any other episode. And if you like what you hear, if you like the style, then leave us a review. It means a lot. It really helps a lot with the show. Now it's time to get started. Have a fantastic rest of the day and enjoy the episode. 308 The Event Industry Post-COVID with Dan Taylor. 
Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Explode Your Expert Business Show. And today I'm here with the one and only Dan Taylor. How are you doing, Dan? I'm great. Thank you, Simone. How are you doing? I am incredibly well. Really excited <laughs> to have you uh, here on the show. We had a really wonderful interview on, uh, yeah. on your podcast. And uh, because we are both in the event industry, really passionate about the event industry, um, then we decided also to do this particular interview. Yeah. I mean, since uh, uh, we talked and uh, since the beginning of the year, the event industry changed just a little. Yeah, <laughs> and small some, changes. And some small changes. So we're going to look at the changes and what are the trends and how was the future of the event industry is going to look like. Sure. But before we get started, how did you get involved in, uh, in the event industry? Well, what, what's your story? What's your background? Yeah, well, it's, it's funny. I mean, you know, it, it's, it's, it's almost like... I almost don't consider myself in the event industry because, you know, we kind of work with schools and I kind of came from that side. So it's almost like the education technology industry that we, we, we happen to run events, but, but, but I do, you know, I mean, we, we ran over 300 events uh, last year. So we, we do run, that, that's my, our business. I, I mean, it's not a small number of events. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, and, and, and some of those are small, you know, some of them are certification boot camps, some of them are big conferences, you know, a, re- a real mixture. But globally, you know, that's one of the great things about our businesses. We do a lot in Asia, Middle East, and, and America, as well as Europe. But in terms of my background, I worked, uh, I was a management consultant. Um, uh, I went to work for Deloitte Consulting, uh, and I was kind of a, a, an IT guy, really. I specialized in a system called SAP. Uh, and I became an SAP consultant. I didn't know much about it. I just, I just heard people were making money from SAP and I thought that sounds like a good thing. I'll become an SAP consultant. <laughs> and I did that. And then I went freelancing. I, um, uh, I, you know, I figured out as, as a, you know, if you've got certain skills in a lot of areas, you can freelance as opposed to having a job. Uh, and you know, you make more money, but you also have more uncertainty. And I was happy with that. You know, I love traveling. So I was happy doing three month contracts, six month contracts, I then go to Asia or South America, do some surfing or something, hang out, you know, check the, check the emails, wait for another contract, and then I'd come back to Europe or, or wherever. I worked in the Asia, Middle East. So, you know, I, I kind of, I was single at the time and I liked having that flexibility of just three months here, six months there. You know, yeah. some people don't like it, you know, when you've got commitments, I, it, it becomes a different situation. But uh, I did that. And just randomly, you know, a good friend of mine, I, I live in Prague and, and I'd lived in Prague before in 99. A good friend of mine was talking about starting a recruitment agency. Yeah. Uh, and I just thought, why don't I do that? We'll recruit SAP people. I know about the SAP market. We'll, we'll start an agency. So not knowing anything about recruitment, I started a recruitment agency. Um, we, it, it's still going, actually. Uh, we've run, I, I was involved for about six, seven years. I sold, mm-hmm. sold my share to the, the lady who's now the manager. Any particular niche in recruitment? Everything, you know, I mean, we did SAP, which is what I knew, but then, you know, we were, we were based in Prague and this was in 2004 when the, when Europe, when the Czech Republic and Poland and everything, when when they joined the European Union. So then all of a sudden there was like, you know, British companies recruiting, you know, Czech and Polish people from, you know, to work. There was a lot of British companies coming to Prague. So it was kind of a boom time for the industry, you know, like 2004, Mm -hmm. 2005, just, just everything you know we went from doing sap to whatever you want truck drivers you want nurses. there was so much demand there was so much demand that you, like, <laughs> you needed you find opportunities everywhere yeah yeah exactly That's and, good. And we, were, we were bringing british people to czech republic czech people that we, we opened an office in poland but then um then 2008 hit and literally overnight in i guess it was august or september i remember really clearly just like overnight like everything everyone stopped recruiting everything stopped and and you know and then 
the next two years were just kind of like, we didn't pay ourselves. I mean, you know, we had savings, which was good, but we just kind of built the business back up. And then the reason I got into this current business is a, a friend of mine uh, who, when I was a contractor, I, I worked for this guy a few times, a German guy called Stefan Lacker, really good friend. And he had gone to work for Google. He became the head of uh, what was then Google Apps for, for EMEA, Europe, Middle East, and Africa. And he's like, Dan, take a look at Google for education. It's free. It's for schools. You know, it's G Suite. What is now G Suite? Yeah. And I, and I just went amazing, you know, and, and it was great. You know, this is a, a reason to stay, to keep long-term contracts because he's a, he's a guy that I've worked with over the years in different, different things. And I've always helped him out. So I just thought, this is amazing. And I got involved. I started a consultancy firm doing G Suite, which is, I'm, I'm still kind of running it in, in a different version, but you know, I was doing everything like kind of setting up schools on, on, on Google apps, G Suite. I was doing training. I was doing mm-hmm. technical integration and I was, I was outsourcing some of the technical stuff to other people. Uh, we ended up developing some software. We made a small learning management system called Cost Director, which we, we sold. Um, and that, that actually sounds much more impressive than it is. You know, we sold it, but it was a very small amount of money. You know? but, <laughs> it's like but, uh, $10. It's yeah, like, no, it was no a bit more. A bit more. <laughs> Over $10, but, but you know, not, not retiring not, money. Not a, not a billion dollar. <laughs> no, no, not, not even a million dollars. Not, not even, you know, like it was just enough to, to live for a while, you know, a, a short while. But we were doing more and more events, you know. I just, I just realized there hadn't been any... Google education conferences in Europe and there'd been a few in America. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of contacted Google and I was trying to find out how do you, how do you become a partner? And, and back then they didn't have a partner program for education. Right. They, they do now and we're an official partner. Back then they didn't. So I spoke to some people at Google through, through my contact, Stefan. And I was like, look, can I run a Google conference in Europe? And the answer was kind of like, well, I suppose so. Like no one said yes, but he didn't say no, you know? So I was like, I'll run a Google conference. Well, I'll take it. I'll take it as a yes then. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't a no. It was like, well, I don't know. You know, no one knew who was dealing with it because no one was dealing with it, you know? Yeah. So I ran this Google conference in Prague. Uh, was that on your dime or did they yeah, sponsor the conference? Or conference. They, like, so they didn't get involved in sponsorship. They didn't get it paid anything. It was just you. No, it was my, Hundred percent, exactly. Hundred percent, me. I, wow. I, I, I'd never run an event before. I, this was in two thousand eleven or two thousand two thousand eleven, I think. Uh, and, but I got four people to, from Google to come. I had my friend Stefan who worked for Google. He agreed to come, you know. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, as they started seeing it, I started selling tickets because, I mean, I, it was a really right place, right time. You probably know this, someone. Now and again, you know, if if you're in the right yep. place, the right time. Yep. I was, you know. There was a real interest in using these tools for schools. So I started selling tickets. I started getting sponsors contacting me. I started getting speakers contacting me. And, you know, and I didn't even really have to pay the speakers for the first event. You know, I, yeah. I paid some travel expenses. I had people from America. And, and I ended up having four people from Google came to present to my event. You know? So I had Google keynotes both days. I had some Google sessions. Mm-hmm. And, and it wasn't even an official Google event. But you know, then now I have Google people on the homepage as, as coming to my event. You know? <laughs> So that, it, that sells more tickets and attracts yeah, even yeah. more people. And, yeah. and, and anyway, it was, just, it was just lucky, you know? I mean, honestly, I, it wasn't any great success on my part, apart from just doing it, you know, just, just doing the work and making it happen. But I sold, I think, 200 tickets, just over 200, and I had probably 10 sponsors. So, um, Do you remember what was the price point of that first event? Yeah, it was tickets? 250 euros uh, early bird, I think. And I think the regular price was 299, 299 euros. Okay. But I hosted it at a school and the school didn't, didn't charge me anything. And they were also sent 30 people. So um, mm-hmm. it was very profitable, you know, and it, it, it was lucky because that, that chunk of money get, let me 
you know, you can do the maths how much I make from it. You know, it's, it's not easy, yeah. not hard. But but I, that basically let me kind of ha- focus on this full time. And after that, I pretty much focused on running training events for schools in in the Google the Google niche. Oh, that, that's a brilliant. Uh, and how was I'm curious about how, again your first event because I remember yeah. you know my first event uh, when uh, we don't know what we don't know. <laughs> was there any? like kind of like fuck up moment uh, or like something wrong that happened or something that happened that you didn't expect at all. Uh, yeah. Just because you, you weren't familiar with the field. Sure. Like, yeah, everything, you know, I, mean, I realized that I, I needed, <laughs> you know, you need more people to help, you know, I was doing everything. And like, you know, I was even at one point I, I was running the reception registration desk and I was like, this is crazy. Like, you know, and there's so many of these things are going wrong and I've got to set the main theater. So, I was just like, I grabbed some students. There were some student helpers and I said, can you help me do registration? I ran off, you know, I didn't have enough people helping me. You know, that's the first thing, you know, you do need people, volunteers or whoever people you pay. Um, you know, a lot of things, you know, we, we had a, we had a don't drink too much at the party. Like, you know, we had, we had a big networking party on the first night and I was in a really good mood. The first day went really well. It was two day, two day event. First day went well, we went to the pub. I, I organized a party, you know, we paid for the drinks. It, it's yeah, Prague, you yeah, know, so yeah, it's yeah. much cheaper than England. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, and the next day I woke up with a hangover and I'm like, why did I do that? You know, I've got to run another day. And it was fine. But, but actually after that, now I, I don't drink at my events ever. You know, I don't, I don't, I, yeah. I might go out and have a glass of wine maybe, but that's it. You know, just, just, just that waking up in the morning, you know, like you need, when you know, you know this yourself very well. Like yeah. You need all your, like all your yeah. faculties, 100%. Because there are so many things happening all at the same time when you're organizing yeah. or running an event. It's yes. like there are 100 moving pieces of the puzzle that are all yeah. there. Um, and, you know, I, I'm glad that before becoming a speaker, I started my career as an event organizer. Yeah. Because a lot of speakers, uh, they don't know what it takes to organize an event. Sure. Uh, and uh, it is uh, two sides of the same medal. But sometimes if they don't come into the organizing space, then it is, it is very weird. In fact, actually, yeah. going back to what you said, I don't eat or drink when I'm, I'm only drinking water, but I can't even eat when you I'm running. Eat, wow. and, no, I don't even eat. I, I don't know too why. Much nervous, too much nervous energy? or like you just. Like, I, I don't know. I find that I'm, more, I'm sharper. I find yeah. I'm way sharper if I don't eat. Then I will have a big, big ass meal at the end of the event. But I don't feel even hungry. Uh, I'm just like zoned in. I, I, I cannot really explain it, but it's... Yeah, no, it, it, it makes sense because like, you know, the, the, you're right. There's always... Because even when things are going well, the back of your mind, you're thinking, okay, I've got, what's the next thing that's happening? And you're also thinking, what could go wrong? You know, and, and you know, everything, a lot of all the little problems, you know, the audio wasn't always working. There was a problem with some of the video. A couple of speakers didn't turn up. We had to rearrange the schedule. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you know, it, it, it's like, you know, it's, it's not rocket science to run an event. I mean, it's incredibly hard to do it really well. Yeah. But, but the basics, you know, you can learn pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah, I, I I agree with you. So from there, now the you 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 ended up uh, now organizing like even last year you organized more than three hundred events. Yep. Some of them were big conferences. Some of them were just more certification training. Yep. And then COVID happened. Yeah. <laughs> and then COVID happened. So uh, how has your business been affected by COVID? Um, I mean, it's a huge effect, I think, for everybody, you know, I mean, and, and like touch wood, like, you know, I'm, 
I don't want to, I don't need sympathy. You know, we're, we're, we're going to get through this. And, and, you know, you've got to feel, cause a lot of people are in a very bad situation, you know, and, and, and the, I really feel for these people cause there's a lot of people, you know, I know people who they make, they make exhibition stands for trade shows, people who do things like this and their business yeah. is just, you know, it's gone, it's gone. You know? and, and they're having to lay off staff and they, you know, so I, I'm, 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 you know, I'm, I'm hopefully going to survive. It's, for us, what happened? I mean, it just, it was, it was like the 2008 financial crisis. It was just overnight, everything stopped, you know, everyone stopped. And, you know, when you work in so many countries like we do, we, you know, we work all across mm. the world. Uh, every country is different. Different things are happening different times. Yeah. It wasn't like if you just work in the UK, it's pretty much yeah, yeah, yeah. UK has a policy. And, and it was happening over a few days and it just, you know, everyone stopped running events. So what we, what we had to do is just quickly think, what can we do? Now, we're lucky that now we have a very good relationship with Google and we run a lot of work for Google. So Google runs a lot of training and Google obviously is really keen to show that all its tools can be run online. So, so we look at the reason we're doing okay in this time is we had that Google relationship, which, you know, started off with me not being a Google partner, you know, over the years we became a yeah, Google partner yeah, yeah. and we do a lot of work and Google's had, you know, you can imagine loads of schools have moved to Google through this crisis, you know, because they've either, got, they've either gone to Microsoft or Google. And, and in the UK, the Department for Education sent an email out to all schools and said, you should go to Microsoft or Google. Here's links, you know, roughly half went to each. Mm-hmm. So, so we've managed to, to, to really do have the Google work. The, the, the conferences, that, that, that business has gone right now. We're, we're running online conferences, but we're not charging for them. And that was a decision. We, it was a tough decision because we... I don't, and I don't, I don't know if it was the right decision. You know, a lot of people are running online events. Yeah. We just figured out why don't we do free events and get really big audiences and get a big list of contacts for the future. So if you look mm-hmm. at our YouTube channel, Apps Events, you know, we've done, I think, four online summits now. Yep. Yeah. And we've had different, some of them have had like a thousand views. Um, one had 30,000 views, which, which was amazing. You know, I don't think it was any better than the rest. Sometimes you just get in YouTube algorithm and, and people start yeah, watching yeah, it. Yeah. So we're doing, a, we're doing it free and we're just hoping we're going to build up a, a, a loyal clientele who's going to come to our events afterwards, you know? It's been, a, it's been really interesting. Um, there are a few things that I'm picking up and even yeah. thinking about uh, how the industry changed and the circumstances. I mean, I'm in different speaking association and there was this yeah. debate, you know, should you, um, from the speaker perspective, should you charge less um, and then now lower your fees because you're speaking at virtual events. From an organizer perspective, should you do the, the online events free, but the information delivered are the same than in in-person experience, so why they should be free? And so there was this debate about are we actually slowly decreasing the value of the industry by not attaching a price tag to virtual events. But, but, but I'm curious, like, what are the speakers in your network? Are they charging less? Because I'm sure that most people running conferences are making less money, so they're going to have less money to pay the speakers. Are other speakers, like, holding firm and saying, we want the same money, or are they, are they, are they speaking for less? It's a very personal choice. There are, depending on the amount of work that they have, that's, uh, that's what I've seen. If someone is uh, really in demand or they already have very strong relationships, then they might negotiate deals uh, but do the best they can to keep the fee sure. the same. If someone wants to get their foot in the door on, uh, for example, there are a lot of event companies like yours that instead of organizing conferences, then they start organizing virtual summits. And so they would deliver a free presentation for the summit or a low paid presentation for the summit. 
with the, the vision of the future in mind of yeah, yeah. at least I'm building the right connections and I'm in the right place. And if they like my online presentation, then they might hire me as a speaker when the, the full events happen. So exactly. I've seen, I've seen like a very mixed, uh, um, uh, mixed thing. And uh, I don't know if there is any right or wrong. I think no one knows right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <just yeah>. like, <laughs> You know, it's funny, I, it's my, my perspective of someone who organizes conferences and we, and we pay speakers, like the people, like the people who've helped us out, because obviously we're not making any money from these online events. Mm-hmm. And, and we had a lot of people who've, who volunteered, if they've spoken for free, some people have spoken for free at three events. And yeah. these, like for me, these are people I'm going to be the most loyal to once this is all over. These are people who have really stood up, they helped us, they've done amazing presentations. And, you know, for me, like, you know, the, it, it was tough, you know, because you know, we're still making money, but we're not making any money from this. So, you know, they could have negotiated, you know, uh, and, and, you know, I think for the people who have really done this, I think they're going to get a lot more work afterwards for sure as well. Is there, is there more like what the same decision that you took is the short term reward versus the long term relationship? And uh, I, I'm more on your side. In fact, I did deliver a lot of presentations for free. Yeah. Uh, I did a lot of free work um, to build those relationships, to deliver value, to understand. Because I think if we now widen our perspective and instead of just thinking about me and my business, yeah. now we are thinking, fuck, this happened to our industry. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. got somehow to be able to support each other because from the, like, I sit in two different, I wear two different hats, the hat of event organizer and the yeah. hat of speaker. Yeah. So I can feel both pains. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can feel pain on one side, I can feel pain on the other side. And at the same time, this gives me also the perspective of, you know what, the, there is no speakers without events. And there is no events without speakers. So yeah. we need to be able to come closer to each other and uh, um, think more about the industry yes. as a whole. Um, yes. I, I'm curious actually about uh, your, um, it's like where do you see actually the future of the event industry? Because there are a lot of conversations as well about will things will ever go back as the conference they were before, yeah. will now be used like a hybrid way. I, what's your take on it? Yeah, I mean, I, I wish, you know, it's, it's, no one, you know, obviously no one knows, you know, we don't know how long this is going to last, if it's going to be second waves and every country different. Here's my opinion. My opinion is, so for our online training certification events, you know, small events, normally we'd run one or two days. Now we're running, you know, maybe three to four to five, right. one, two hour sessions. These events, I think there's a really good argument you could run them online, you know? Online training, it's not a new thing, you know? There's, I mean, I'm taking an online postgraduate degree program at the moment, you know? There's a, there's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a well-established industry. I think for these events, training certification, a lot more will move online, or maybe a blended approach, you know, an in-person event with some online. Conferences, a lot of people disagree with me, but I just, I don't think people want online conferences, you know? I, I, online summits, conferences, trade shows. I think people are making the best of it and, and, and everyone, it's great. People are running these events online and some of them are going to do really well. Mm-hmm. I, I think people have got short memories. I think COVID once it's gone and there's, there's an, an antidote, I think in a year or two, people are going to be desperate to get back and meet face to face. And I think everyone's going to forget about, I think, you know, there'll be a few things. There'll be a lot more sanitation stations and maybe there'll be temperature yeah. checks, but that's not a new thing. I go to Asia a lot and you fly into Taiwan, Hong Kong, you know, there's a person there, you know, with a, with a thermometer, you know, and they've got a screen and they're looking at the temperature of all the people coming in. This has been like that for a while, you know? So I think there's going to be more things like this. 
But I think it's just going to be right back to normal, personally. I think it's going to be in-person, face-to-face, uh, all the way. I don't know. What, what do you think? Uh, it's, a very, it's a very different experience. I, I agree with you. I think uh, the, the reason why I love live events is because of the human connection, yeah. which is something that you can't get online. You can create great experiences. You can have fancy technologies, a thousand screen, 500 cameras pointed at you. But at the same time, that will never replace the... Uh, the connection that you create yeah. as an event, the fact that you can meet one person in flesh, the, the fact that, you know, if you are exhibiting there, you can meet decision makers of yeah. companies. Um, is and, and, and you can go out and socialize with them and, and get to know them well and build this, you know, build this relationship, you know. Exactly. And get to know them as a person while the online world is still a very impersonal experience. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be excited. I don't know when it's going to come when we have, a, when we are going to introduce a, like virtual reality and you can attend a conference with your own avatar yeah. there, but it's still the, the physical real human contact is still going to be missing. And I'm looking forward to the time where all large conferences can open again as it was before. Um, and I don't think uh, there might be more hybrid ways in yeah. terms of giving more, okay, there is a, there's going to be for every conference, a physical ticket and an online ticket. Yeah. Well, right now there might be, the conferences are using this way, but not everyone. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think that I might guess, be more, more widespread. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Because, I mean, people have been doing that for a while, hasn't it? I mean, some events, you can buy a ticket of with the recordings. You could, this has been like that for a few years. You can buy, you know, all the recordings of all, of all the sessions. It's kind of an extra price. Exactly. Or you, can attend, or you can attend a session live and there is a live streaming. So maybe event or conferences companies will invest more in that type of technology of yeah. uh, high-end live streaming for people that want to focus at home. But still, the element of networking, connection, interaction that will be missing. And we only have the element of learning the content, which yeah, is yeah, yeah, yeah. actually probably a small part of why people attend conferences. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. I can read an article or I can watch a video and get the same content. Yeah, so. it's true. You know, and, and, and I mean, personally, I mean, I love live, I love conferences. Like, I, I pay to attend several conferences a year. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I love it. Not, not everyone does. You know, some, some people find it a bit overwhelming and, and, and it can. It can be a bit overwhelming, but, but for me, you know, I, I, love, I love conferences. You know? Even if I wasn't running my own events, I'd be attending other events. All right. So what's, what's next for you, Dan? Well, what I, what I, what's on, on your pipeline? <laughs> well, I mean, right now, so we have a new partnership. In addition to Google, there's an organization called ISTE. It's a big U.S. Uh, education technology organization. They have a huge trade show. It, it's one of the biggest trade shows in America, uh, all about technology and education. But they're, they're a nonprofit and, and they have a certification for teachers and stuff. So we've become an ISTE partner, which, which has been a, a new mm-hmm. event. And couldn't have, couldn't have become a partner at a worse time because we were just starting to run our first boot camp. And then, and then it takes yeah. like a year to get your trainer certified. It's a serious undertaking. But then now we're not running any trainers. So it, we're doing ISTE, the Google. And then, um, you know, you know I, I'd like to ha- I've helped a few people run events. If they've got questions, I help them out. But otherwise... Honestly, for me, it's just about surviving COVID and hitting, hitting things strong. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why I'm trying to run these free events, get a lot of new contacts. People will hopefully, you know, be grateful for the free stuff and come to our events when, when this is over, you know? Uh, that's brilliant. Actually, I have one more question before yeah. we wrap up. It just came up to me. Uh, came to me. Um, it felt like COVID was a big reset button 
on yeah. a lot of industries. In this case, we are talking about the conference and event yeah. industry. And every time there is a, a reset button in, in a particular industry, there are also there are a lot of things that are going to die and there are going to be a lot of opportunities that are going to, yep. to grow and, and create, be created. So what do you wish to see in the future in the event industry or conference space that you haven't seen so far, but you wish it was there? Oh, that's a great question. Um, you know, I, I think maybe more more personalized learning, you know, like we were talking about recordings. I mean, a lot of the time you go to a, a conference and you can only go to one or two sessions and there's three or four. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, I think conference is starting to record everything and, and give that as part of a ticket so I can then go and watch for sessions I couldn't make. I think I'd like to see that as, as, as being part, part of a conference. Um, yeah, I mean, otherwise, yeah, nothing more, you know. I, for me, it's more about getting a return to normal, you know, and getting, you know, it's obviously a human tragedy and it's a business tragedy and mm. it'd be great just to, to have it over with. But you've got to be a realist. I mean, this could be two years, it could be three years. We don't know, you know. We don't, we don't know. know. We don't know. Like, I was thinking about it because I didn't have an answer. I just like I got this question pop into my head. I was like, yeah. oh, that can be a cool question. Uh, and <laughs> It was a good one. I was, I'm, I'm thinking building on what you said or the personalized experience is, um, yeah, it's almost like uh, using and integrating uh, a bit more technologies uh, or doesn't, I don't know how that's going to happen. I don't know the how, but if you think about Netflix, uh, you know, you, you watch Netflix and then after a while the algorithm builds like a personalized path for you or yeah. something that you can be interested in. So something a bit more like that. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. based on your profile, this is the path that we suggest you to do at the conference. Do this first, do this, that, meet this person. Good point. And I, I think it could be a really cool feature. I don't know how big is like what kind of AI you need to be to have in place to make this happen, but I'm all for personalization and uh, I'm a sucker for <laughs> like algorithms. <and> so. <laughs> So that's, that's a great, that's a great idea. I think it's much to do that for sure. Uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see who's going to do it. Uh, and yeah. I'll take half of the credit for it. Uh, so <laughs> uh, Danny, if, uh, if someone wants to follow you or get in touch with you or know where you're running your next, can be online conferences or certification programs, where is the best place to reach out to you? Yeah, I'm, I'm on Twitter quite a lot. My Twitter account is Dan Taylor, A-E, D-A-N-T-A-Y-L-O-R-A-E. Uh, my company is Apps Events, A-P-P-S-E-V-E-N-T-S. So if you search for that, LinkedIn, Facebook, um, website, there's live chat there, you know, plenty, easy to get in touch with me. Uh, right. So, yeah. That's brilliant. So we're going to put all the links that Dan mentioned here in the show notes. Make sure that you check them out, connect with Dan. Uh, as we are older here, uh, majority of us, that, uh, that are uh, majority of you as well that are listening, I know you're looking forward to get back speaking on stages or maybe running your first event. Yeah. And being connected with people in your industry is a great way to not only expand your network, but also to learn and get other insights. So make sure you connect with Dan. Dan, it has been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you very much for being here today. Thanks a lot. It's been a real pleasure. So all the best anytime. All right. Thank you. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for watching. If you're watching on YouTube, thank you very much for listening. If you are uh, listening on the show, Uh, if you like the show, make sure you subscribe and as well, leave us a review. Uh, Let us know what uh, Dan shared stood out for you. 
and uh, you know give us a five star review their reviews are good for three reasons one they're good for for the guests they know the impact that they've made they're good for the show because it helps the ranking the more reviews you give us then the more people are going to listen to this so if you like to spread the word that's a great way to do it. And the third reason why is it really good for my ego. I really like them. So <laughs> if you just want to give me like an ego boost, to give us a review and I appreciate it. You will have my eternal gratitude. That's it for me. Thank you for being with us today. And until next time, always remember that together we grow exponentially. Ciao. Thank you for listening to Explode Your Expert Business Show. If you enjoyed the interview, please subscribe to the show and leave us a review. Every week, we will select a winner from the reviews that we get. So it might be you. Make sure you give us a review. It means the world to us, and that's how we, you can help us grow the show. Also, remember to download the Expert Business Checklist to get the roadmap on how to become an authority in your field. The link is in the show notes, or you can visit gtex.events forward slash expert iPhone checklist. So it's gtex.events forward slash expert iPhone checklist. And as well, finally, if you want to receive daily support in your coaching and speaking business or explore how we can work together, join our private Facebook group, Explode Your Expert Biz. Again, you can find it on Facebook at Explode Your Expert Biz or the link is in the show notes. Thank you very much for listening. And until next time, remember that together we grow exponentially.